want to talk to someone about it we need to talk to someone we about need to Louis. talk to someone about Louis. <laughs> mary hey how are you going oh well i haven't left the house in a while what about you yeah i'm feeling a bit like chilly here going to <laughs> you know that sort of like we will never leave the house ever <laughs> well stinky gecko is actually probably a pretty good reality check you know for all those people just itching to get outside Hey, if you've got kids, actually, would you be leaving the house anyway? Look, it's, <laughs> At least it's not a 50-50 thing, right? <laughs> I really feel that um, Sticky Gecko is the season to answer uh, for Chili to Bandit's performance in Takeaway. It yes. A oh, masterclass. I'm absolutely feeling that. Yeah, masterclass in for real life parenting right there. So... <laughs> And I reckon there's a lot more in common as well, like the fact that it's just all that same single location sort of scene. Um, It's almost more claustrophobic, I reckon, than Takeaway was. Like Bandit felt very kind of trapped by his circumstances in Takeaway, but Chili is almost literally trapped, I reckon, in Sticky Gecko. And even, even the way the music kind of builds and builds, do you think they set out to give Chili her takeaway? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, um, Mayor, before we decided that we would be recording Sticky Gecko tonight, I forwarded you a Michael McIntyre clip. He's a UK comedian, and it's called People Who Don't Have Children Have No Idea What It's Like. (laughs) And I don't know if you got a chance to watch it yet, but basically I'm sure that part of that skit, which has been around for a couple of years now, was the inspiration or maybe, I don't know, there's very similar vibes yeah. basically in that, you know, the door, it's right there. <laughs> and people without children just leave the house. Shall we go? Can you imagine? Yes. And people I can't who have imagine. children walking through the door is very, very difficult all of a sudden. Come on, kids, we have to go. Quick sticks. Oh, why? We're meeting Judo at the park. If we don't get a move on, we'll be late. Oh, can we not go just yet? Why not? Just because? Oh, my gosh. It's just traumatic just talking about it, let alone watching <laughs> it. But it really just captures that vibe. There's um, so many moments in this. And which one just grabbed you by the throat, Kate? Oh, so uh, the, probably the moment that grabbed me the most was when um, Chili turns to Bingo and was like, You have no idea what a minute is, do you, sweetheart? <laughs> and then she was like, Nope. And she's like, That must be nice. And it's so <laughs> true. Like, I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I hadn't actually fathomed that my children don't really understand concepts of time <laughs> because <laughs> because we're so driven by the clock. I mean, now being an exception, obviously. Yeah. Day-to-day life, it's all about, um, you know, what we're doing and you've usually got activities planned on the weekend and it's this constant rush to be going places and seeing people and, um, very scheduled and oh. yeah and and that's kind of all out the window now we're all sort of in this bingo wonderland where 
There is no spoon. We're all in the matrix. I've got to admit, before I had kids, I was always one of those people that would say I was five minutes away as I was walking out the door. And just Mm. no matter where I was going, I would always assume 20 minutes to get there, which just was always completely underestimated. So (laughs) at least people always had that expectation that I'd be late. And now with children, I have someone to blame it on. But I definitely (laughs) just felt chilly for the more you try and rush a kid just the more they're going to dig in the heels. And yeah, we see that. I feel like Bingo isn't so much doing it on purpose in this episode, but Bluey just seems to be the master of, well, you want to leave. I've got news for you. I've got news for you, lady. And it stems back to, I guess, um, the central plot point of this episode, which is Chili's trying to get the two girls out the door to go for a park play date with Judo and Wendy. And rather than being able to make a smooth exit in one minute, the girls are finding more and more uh, calamitous ways of disrupting that plan. Hey, Louie had bingo teeth. I just need to deliver this. Deliver what? Sticky gecko. Oh, no. To the point where Chili slams the door and sits in her chair and has uh, what we like to call an old-fashioned tanty. <laughs> Which uh, she does in style. I loved. What What do you think when she had her meltdown moment? Because it's quite similar again to Takeaway Bandit, um, you know, obstinately tries to read the newspaper as the girls yeah. try and just escalate the chaos. What do you think Chili is reading? Uh, it looked to me, I was trying to work out if it was like an Ikea catalogue. That was um, exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was initially thinking Ikea catalogue, but, you know, it could be any generic home brandy sort of, you know, it could be a Kmart thing. It could be an Aldi special well, buys. Who knows? It looked pretty hefty. And I realised the only place I ever see those Ikea catalogues are kind of next to the door um, <laughs> and not for a while, but they used to just get delivered and you go, oh, yes, the Ikea catalogue, I will definitely need that and the place it obviously lives is next to the door. <laughs> and we do see later that uh, Chili is a sucker for um, an flat Ikea pack. Uh, flat pack. So, yeah, yeah um, perhaps perhaps that's where her inspiration for flat pack comes from. She's actually absorbed um, <laughs> that particular impulse buy in this meltdown session. going to the park we're just staying here then so we're not going anywhere no we'll just stay here forever Ah. uh so many questions answered in this episode to mary um i mean uh apart from the riotous behavior that's ongoing um we learn more about wendy uh and we learn more about the family uh, history as well, which I'm very excited about both of those things. Absolutely. It's the family history that sort of comes up first as the the chaos plays out because, and we've seen it in season one, that big picture of um, a veteran dog um, yes. next and to the front medals. door. Yep. So Chili says it's your granddad. Um, are we assuming her dad? Yeah, I would have thought so because, um, all right, so wild assumptions here. Uh, We know that Rusty is Bluey's cousin and uh, we know now from new episodes that his dad is a soldier in the army and I wonder if there's like, 
you know, family tradition of yeah. service, basically. Um, you know, that he's been inspired by his grandfather who, yeah, and it's maybe it's Chili's brother who's gone off to um, now serve for his country. What was it that Grandad used to say when he was a soldier? Hurry up and wait. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. Bingo teeth! You can tell there's a lot of pride there, the way that Bluey says, um, can I wear a badge on my hat? and turn it up like Grandad and what what was it that Grandad used to say and Chili goes, hurry up and wait, <laughs> uh, which still doesn't which, make that much sense to me, to be honest, but that's Really? Okay. okay. Well, um, Age is an army brat and his dad um, served and I feel like that is something that, yeah, so my father-in-law Gus would say regularly and hurry up and wait, I think, dates all the way back to the 40s and he's in the US military uh, where it seems to have started coming up in conversation and yeah the idea that you're expected to hurry up and you're expected to front up and all that kind of army pressure I guess like I'm picturing you know the drill sergeant yelling and all that kind of thing but because of the ineptitude and inefficiencies of the top brass <laughs> once you've hurried up you just have to wait for wait pretty, okay um I guess it's kind of you know that black humor you see in military stuff a bit like um snafu like uh can't yep, actually still say over my head for. yeah <laughs> oh, okay so situation normal all f you um oh. <laughs> and kind of the uh what's that book as well um oh, like catch 22 the kind of the classic oh like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is pointless now we're talking um, about language and again obviously yes. <laughs> we're all still doing it kind of thing so definitely that hurry up and wait is the black humor i see from my father-in-law and, yeah, lots of mates who have had connections to the military as well. It's a really clever move, I think, to be honouring servicemen and women in that way, sort of quite subtly, but, um, but yeah, you can't fake that sort of stuff. It would ring hollow if it wasn't based in truth. And the fact that, you know, I'm sure this whole episode hadn't been plotted out when they first put that picture on the walls in season one as well. So fair bit of forethought went into building those um, those backstories and those relationships too. Yeah, those characterizations. You have to wonder if there's like, I don't know, like a showrunner Bible or something somewhere that like has all these secrets. Sort of... <laughs> How do we not have our hands on it I yet? Know. <laughs> I used to um, report on television shows in the UK and it was amazing, like, the the detail that some of those showrunner Bibles would go into for characters and backstories. And I was lucky enough to be shown one for um, a sci-fi series that was being produced in the, uh, I think it was a BBC show. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it was, yeah, it was basically, yeah, just extensive notes. Um, right. Yeah, and they had it sort of set out with, um, it was in, like, a binder with different sections for each character and then, going through and everything but yeah the the logistics because I think you know it was all living in one person's head and then having to sort of fill it in and yeah sort of get it all out there and get everyone else on the same page on something like you know for instance a neighbors or something like that would just be so labor intensive like especially you know when you get to the ends of seasons and you do the pivot like actually it was all a dream and then you've got to go back yeah <laughs> like, and scrap like this is a long time ago like I haven't been in the UK for 
well, this would have been probably 12 years ago that I've seen this one. So I'm guessing they're all digital now. So Yeah, true. They, they probably don't even have hard copies or anymore. Or perhaps now they just are things like wiki and, you know, fandoms and things like that. Perhaps it's just all outsourced to the fans. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We digress as per norm. But, um, um, a good go- time to say uh, yeah. double tennis ball spot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes, yes. Um, the long dogs I love, Easter eggs. I haven't seen any in this episode, but, yeah, there's definitely tennis balls. So Yeah, Floppy is hanging up on the hat stand. Uh, yes. Who we see later in this season in, in the amazing Sleepy Time. Sleepy time. Mm-hmm. Um, and who I think we did see in season one as well. Um, yeah, the... Why do you think there is a um, little, what is that thing called, like a pulley system <laughs> set up in the walkway? I'm kind of loving it, though. It seems very STEM, which is right up my alley. Yeah, don't no idea, but I kind of wish when I was a kid, if we had lived in a double-story house, that we did have one. Ah, it's catching Jackie. Sticky geckos. We haven't really even explained what a sticky gecko oh, is. Yeah. Um, so I hate these things. Well, see, I've never really <laughs> noticed them before because they're the part. There's like an aisle in Kmart that has these sorts of like weird tactile creature things that you throw up on the ceiling, and I've I don't know. They just freak me out for some reason. I don't like them. <laughs> Have you got like, sticky gecko stuff we, at home? Uh, we have one thing that just keeps reappearing no matter how much I try and kill it. Um, <laughs> and it you know, came out of one of those vending machines and it's similar, like it sticks to things. But it's sticky all over. It's a oh. dog or something. And you, so you can throw it at a wall and it sticks. But it also just picks up dirt. <laughs> So, oh, like, does it get that weird sort of fuzz on the yeah, outside? Like, so that grey? Fu- like, it's beyond of, fuzz. Oh. Like, it's, you know, it's it's probably patient zero for the coronavirus, to be honest. It's just disgusting. <laughs> um, it looks yeah, like one I of imagine... the spore things on the on the little graphic image that we yes, see of coronavirus. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So, I imagine this sticky gecko yeah. is similar, uh, but perhaps the girl's commitment to trying to catch it is to prevent that amount of dirt getting on it. Have you cleaned your teeth? Yeah. Show me. Uh, when did you clean them? Last night. Okay, go and clean your teeth. Aww. Come on, I'll time you. On a similar note, what did Bingo eat for breakfast? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely green involved, so. Yeah, oh. Um, yeah, that was just a close-up. I did not need, but very relatable, the kids being, like, asking a question that seems very clear-cut and getting <laughs> the true but completely um, dishonest answer. Like, it's just <laughs> – Bon is starting to edge into this territory and I just uh, – it's making me dread the future. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Will's already all over it, Will. Did you take the iPad from Olivia? No. And he's sitting there holding the iPad. <laughs> no, she How doesn't it want it here. anymore. And she's sitting there losing her rack. <laughs> oh, no. 
pivotal moment for me in this episode is when Chilu steps on the badge. She's already had hat stands falling on her, Chattermax um, oh, spewing out random oh. like little things. Yeah, and like Geki is still stuck on the ceiling and Bingo's trying to put roller skates on. Mm. She's had to do the fierce face, which yes. was an absolute just perfection moment oh, when um, yeah. Louie does, you know, claims to not know why she should have to help. And, yeah, that mum look is just like, yes, I want to see more of this from Chili. Yeah. But, yeah, and it all builds to that moment, doesn't it? Yeah, it does when she's, yeah, going through the IKEA catalogue and going... out that um you know she sort of changes tack after a minute or two after bluey says i don't understand <laughs> and she like she's kneeling in the door like genuflecting going, the door is right there why can't we leave um and then i don't know there's sort of this moment that comes over her that she's sort of like okay what's actually going on and um and she explains her um insecurity i guess first yeah. judo's mum and how she can think it's it's rude when people leave the house late and yeah that was quite a nice sort of moment i thought yeah both for chili and for bluey the the big question of this episode is why do we stress about the things we stress about and mm. like it you know the answer isn't completely obvious like i guess it hints at you know perhaps we should all stress less which yeah, no way. Like, of course, we all need to stress less. But but in the moment, um, mm. it is so easy to become kind of caught up and overwhelmed. And, yeah, I, I really feel for Chili in that. But, yeah, she does kind of reground and do a good job of taking a step back, which is so hard to do in that moment, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> like, so hard. I was just like, lady, you are, you are slaying mum school right now. You are... <laughs> Yeah, owning it because she did a uh, a full, yeah, beautiful sort of turnaround. Yeah, if if I'd gotten to that point, I would have been wrestling my kids out the door, yeah, and just yelling at them, and then for the extra couple of minutes she puts in, it's just a totally different story. She can get a little funny if you're not on time. Oh, why? Well, I guess she thinks it's rude, but it just takes ages getting out of the house. Why? Because you kids don't care about being on time. Why? Because you're too busy having fun. In fact, that's why we're going to the park. Judo's been asking for a play date for ages. Why? Because you're a lovely little kid. And it inspires Bluey to kind of admit that she's nervous about seeing Judo again. And I wonder, this is a weird one for me, Mare, because they live next door to Judo and Mandy. <laughs> So well, has I Judo did... been somewhere else? Or... Well, yeah, perhaps they've moved. Or... But then yeah, we see a... Wendy um, with the roses in, what was the other episode that we were talking about the other uh, day? Dad Baby? Oh, yeah, sorry, coming up. It is a funny one. I guess like we were talking about last week, maybe 
perhaps episodes aren't in chronological time. Yeah, maybe this, um, just a week or two after Butterflies or something like that. Yeah, or, it could yeah. be. Um, it could have just been, you know, life gets busy and that's why mm. everyone's stressed about getting out the door. Um, that does happen as well. Like even, you know, if you're on a regular rotation of play dates um, and missing one, suddenly kids do get overwhelmed about, oh, we haven't seen them. What are we going to play? Like it's, yeah. you just never can tell what kids are going to be feeling insecure about. And it's so hard to be switched onto it because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and sometimes it's really super random things too. Like I took Will over um, to your house before lockdown when we were recording the podcast. And <laughs> it was he before, was in, it was before. <laughs> it was before. And, um, yeah, and we were in the car and he was like, uh, I, I don't want to bring my baby inside because he had he was carrying his toy doll around everywhere. And okay. I was like, why not? So I don't want Bond to play with the baby. Oh. So I was like, yeah, it's a 30-degree day, buddy. We can't leave a baby in the car. So, <laughs> well, that is a good lesson for yeah. everyone. Yes. So thank you very much for building the baby a, a bed in your dressing gown that day in your room away from <laughs> little fingers. I think it gave Will a level of comfort that Auntie Mary was all over it. So I, Yeah, I feel like we were winning at being in tune with our child <laughs> stress on that day, but I feel like I miss more than I get, that's for sure. <laughs> Hey, um, speaking of character assassinations, Judo's <laughs> <laughs> mum, Wendy, we have done a bit of a number on her. We've called her the hyacinth bouquet of the bluey world multiple times and uh, in less kind moments labelled her snooty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, in this episode we discover that she was actually a very lovely person indeed. Why? Because lovely little kids turn into lovely grown-ups. Like Judo's mum. She really is lovely, actually. Why? Well, when you were born, she made us five lasagnas. Mmm. It meant so much to me. We still are getting that, yes, she's also likely to be pretty unimpressed if you're running late. Um, Lasagna truly is the food that says, I'm sorry, you're having a bit of a terrible time right now, isn't it? Like, I don't know, every time we've been in hospital or come home or had a baby, it's like no matter the occasion, like spag bowl or lasagna always seems to be the top dish. uh, Well, it's so freezable and reheatable, but um, I'm seeing it in a new light, actually. Do you listen to a podcast called um, Two Two Peas in a Pod? Yeah. Okay, so you're onto that. We haven't actually had a chance to discuss this, but it's an amazing podcast with two mums from Melbourne and um, they probably started just a bit after us last year, actually. But, yeah, they talk about parenting uh, kids. With complex um, needs, yeah. Yep. Some with complex needs and twins as well. One thing they keep coming back to, and I don't know if you've heard this, is um, how terrible lasagnas are. Overwhelm of lasagna. <laughs> yeah, they, they were yeah. oversubscribed to lasagnas and they actually got to the point where they pushed back on lasagnas. So is that relatable to you? Like, uh, at the risk of sounding incredibly ungrateful, yes. And um, <laughs> I feel so bad. No, no. <laughs> no, no, never shoot the bolognese bringer. It's one of the few foods my kids will eat with zero complaints whatsoever. But, yeah. Uh, I remember that when Will was born, one of my girlfriends actually 
um, bought over a massive Indian curry. Oh, yeah. And it was so good. It was just <laughs> such a nice break because we'd had uh, we'd had three different friends bring over different batches of bolognese and uh, and another friend brought over a lasagna and they were all wonderful. But, yeah, we did put quite a few in the freezer to try and, like, <laughs> spread the load, if that made sense. Uh, a friend of mine does something that she calls a lasotto, which is like um, – it's like – using a boro rice rather than lasagna sheets and it's like a risotto but with like bechamel and thing oh, and I'm like yeah that's that pretty fancy amazing it okay. is it is it's really it's really <laughs> clever I'm just like people okay cool I feel like yeah. everyone should be taking notes and actually when I listen to two peas I regularly take notes and actually now that they're locked down with their complex needs kids and uh like everyone just facing so many daily challenges um they've had a really good few episodes of just advice for Mm. how to get through the lockdown and the questions and just the stress of it all and I have been taking notes it's been amazing going into survival mode yeah (laughs) yeah exactly but like you were saying last week about giving yourself permission not to do all the homework that school is sending home Uh, yeah um yeah I think there's a lot a lot to be said for just lowering the expectations and um and yeah this episode's about the same thing just not expecting to get out the door on time and you will remove a lot of stress from your life yeah like what is on time anyway what is time it's a what is time there is no spoon stop huh oh oh, oh. Chick, chick, chick. click <sighs> is that one minute pretty much Oof. you have no idea what a minute is do you sweetheart nope Yeah, I think Chili really comes to that realisation, you know, what am I worrying about and kind of almost wants to be the one strapping on the roller skates and wondering what a minute is as she dances out the door like bingo. So, yeah, I really love where this episode comes to. But, uh, you know, it's such in the perfect world. Like, of course, there's reasons we're stressed about the minutes (laughs) ticking and why we need to be getting out the door under normal circumstances. It's nice to have the moral of the story. Just don't have judgy friends. (laughs) Like (laughs) maybe that is a good moral, actually. It's Judo's mum. She's running late. Okay, well, uh, I'll put down an order for your five lasagnas then. <laughs> so, well, perhaps I'll put rice in them and we'll see how we go from there. We'll see how we go. <laughs> um, the music for me in this episode, uh, and you mentioned it briefly at the start, um, it's like it starts off at quite a, an even-paced, um, sort of folksy, almost like yeah, an Irish reel. I, did, I couldn't even work it out. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. It sounds like we had strings. the same conversation in Takeaway, though. But, yeah, because it was that same, like, um, you would, we talked reels then because, yeah, it had kind of a Irish that was reel definitely kind of more, to it. Yeah, this sort of felt to me a bit more like a, I don't know, like a bush dance or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, it's true. And it's a repeating theme, but every time it repeats, it goes up a key okay. and it gets a little bit faster and a little bit louder yeah. until we get to that climatic point. So I think that's why, um, you know, we've talked before about how the music so enhances the action on the screen for for Bluey. And, yeah, every time that 
key goes up a step. Um, so, like, that's quite a common uh, technique used in, like, pop songs and stuff to kind of um, make you hear it again and it feels fresh, but at the same time it almost feels bigger and you know that it's sort of coming to the the high point or the, the climax of the mm-hmm. piece. Um, yeah, but every time it steps that key, it just builds that tension perfectly. And yeah. It's really clever. It sort of uh, helps – really emphasize the fact that things are getting wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the I feel like household. I would have felt that if there was no music, to be honest, because it's just so relatable. But, oh yes, the music God. definitely adds to it. <laughs> yeah, there is definitely a PTSD element to this episode. How many times have you stood in your doorway just going, oh, my God, oh, why? Like, what is the problem now? Oh, yeah. But not recently. So, you know, is it this? An upside to everything, I guess. Yeah, no, maybe <laughs> after after COVID's over, we'll all be um, much more adapted to a much slower pace of life. And so maybe, maybe we can only hope. Right? <laughs> I'm hearing um, a lot of people, yeah, designing their perfect universe that will come to be after COVID. And um, look, it's it's nice to be optimistic in these tough times. <laughs> it is nice to be optimistic. Yeah, I'm sure for every person like that, there's a person that's like, you know what, I'm going to use this opportunity to like get off sugar and read all my books and uh, organise my life. It's like, yeah, my house still looks like a tip and I'm still eating lots of Toblerone. And yeah. <laughs> Good. Yes. Uh, yep. Survival mode. Love it. Speaking of Survivor, that is a catch worthy of like of any finale game show challenge or uh, a classic catch, if you like. Go Chili. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. And that is something that, you know, whereas Takeaway, the, that peak point was Dad letting them get under the tap. This in Sticky Gecko, it seems to be just Chili absolutely finding her mojo. Like Bingo wants is hungry. She hands her the banana. Like just, yeah. it's... Yeah, having having taken that step back, she's back to just perfect mum mode. And yeah, it's so it's chilly in her element. It's so nice to see. It is it is pretty awesome. Like you're kind of just like cheering her, going, Yeah, you got this lady, like Slay Queen. <laughs> I don't think we have any um we know that nows from last week and squash. Um Hmm, but no. one thing I forgot to mention, um, Queensland angle that um, is very close to my heart, um, Darren Hanlon. Have you been a fan of Darren Hanlon's uh, musical mastery uh, coming out of? Um, Who is this guy? Should I know him? Is he is he famous? Uh, uh, Gimpy. Sorry. No. So um, Darren Hanlon is a singer songwriter that's very kind of folksy, cutesy pop. And he has a song called There's Not Enough Songs About Squash. (laughs) And we talked about last week how um, we saw the – we saw those early stills when we went to Ludo and realised there was going to be an episode about squash. Um, When some of the Ludo team were presenting at a conference um, a few months back as well, some of that got tweeted and they were projecting – those same stills of the squash court. So it was finally in the public eye and um, I tweeted back that, you know, oh, it was it was going to be a missed opportunity if they didn't get Darren Hanlon on board to do the music. Yeah. Um, Joff did not reply. Darren Hanlon did and said he was, like, ready and waiting with his guitar. I know a game. 
So oh, okay. that missed opportunity continues to be the case, but he's um, still waiting, but everyone, guys. But I have dropped "There's Not Enough Songs About Squash" into the Bluey playlist on Spotify. Nice. And um, everyone who hasn't discovered that playlist, jump on board. Um, we've found a lot of songs that have appeared in Bluey, and then there's a lot of songs that are kind of vaguely linked to episodes. So. Uh, have an explore. It's you, good fun. Are you it's on, good fun. Do you get recommended kind of listens from Spotify? Do you kind of delve yes. into that? Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, my Spotify is incredibly confused. So, uh, you know, it's not even trying to understand me anymore. I think it's giving me seven daily mixes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, once I put that Bluey playlist together, I thought it was never understanding me better. Like at one point the other day, it took me from bound for South Australia, like, you know, <laughs> sort of like erratic, you know, convict ballad to um, I am the very model of a modern major general. And I'm like, oh, finally I'm understood. And then the Thomas the Tank Engine theme music, and I'm like, no, oh, no, <laughs> nah. this that's is why that. we need a bluey soundtrack, you know? <laughs> yeah, lives. exactly. So um, in Mailbox this week, Mary, we've had one of our, uh, should we say, foundation listeners get in yeah, touch with absolutely. us. absolutely. So our friend uh, Ryan Shields. Ryan said to us, hi, ladies, a friend of mine posted this. If anyone needs a side hustle in these times, please make bluey blue food dye for kids' birthday cakes. And it's got her with like this weird sort of tepid blue sort of bowl of icing. And obviously she's trying to work it out. And Which already like beyond me. So fair yeah, enough. That props. does sound prob- challenging. Yeah. And he said, I responded the only way I know how with a Microsoft Office-based solution. <laughs> and if I click on this post... He's saying, for future reference, the Microsoft Office colour picker tool is your best friend. To get bluey colour, you need 12 drops of red, 18 drops of green, and 22 drops of blue, or that same proportion. Now, that seems particularly high. I'm imagining there's a lot of um, hyperactive children after that concoction. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But he said, it occurred to me this is podcast content waiting to happen. I hereby give you my half-baked, pun intended, idea to do with as you see fit. So. <laughs> oh, like, I always just assumed all those amazing bluey cakes that I see on socials are just the results of magic, but the fact that maths is involved as well just makes them seem even more beyond my uh, abilities. So good to know. Yeah. Although we've only know that it works in Microsoft. Like we haven't actually tested this in the real world. So uh, if anyone can test it for real life, please come back to us. The door. It is right here. All we need to do is walk out of it. It's so easy. Um, you could let us know that on our socials. Um, you should yes, please in. do. We're at Bluey Pod on Instagram, at Bluey Podcast on Twitter. Got to be done the Bluey Podcast on Facebook. And, of course, you can email just blueypod at gmail.com. Oh, that was such a good one. Um, there's so many more great episodes coming up. There's so <laughs> many. I don't know where to go. Um, so lovely talking to you and congratulations because uh, we recently clocked over over 100,000 downloads on um, 
of Got to Be Done the Blue podcast. So that would not be possible without um, the wonderful listeners that tune in. Uh, sometimes week by week, sometimes binging. <laughs> Thank you so much for being uh, uh, love part of all. our lives. It's it's been great. I've just loved uh, being able to talk about Bluey with my bestie. So yeah. it's so much fun, and we'll be back doing it next week. In the meantime, thanks. Got to be done, and got to be done. Bye, bye. I can't find it. Have you looked? Yeah, I've looked everywhere. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah.